Um, it should say share screen, but it's green. Yeah, Mine it's a green button. I'll try share content. There it says screen. Okay, I'm gonna try. Yay! <laughs> yeah, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's just, it's just no. That's not the way. Oh well. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be here for a few minutes, and then I'm gonna come back for the eight o'clock because I've got a something I gotta go to. Okay. Oh well, I will. <clears throat> if you like, text it to me. I could screen share it yeah. with people or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I gotta get like my brain on. <laughs> so I had like a friend call. Um, what was that? Like half an hour ago, and they're like. I just need to to talk to you and so <laughs> uh, my brain's not even here in lectures on faith for a second let me screen share this real quick it's the burgers that tracy really likes oh my goodness oh. they're so good <laughs> i eat them every day <laughs> at some point i gotta get sick of them no when you're one person in a house and you buy a pack of hamburger buns what do you do? You have to eat them all eventually. So mm -hmm. I literally had burgers for a whole week straight. <laughs> you know. Why don't you freeze them or something? It's hilarious. There we go. I don't like frozen buns. They just are icky. There they are. Oh, what I have been loving with my veggie burgers is non-bread. Using that for the buns, I don't know. I do it like all the time, at least a couple, three times a week. Yeah, I've got some non-bread, too. I've got way too much bread in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> bread is life. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, where am I at? There's my book. Oh, man, does, do you ever feel like a whirlwind on Sundays? <laughs> yes, every Sunday goes by so fast. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well... um. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, let's see, Mother, would you give us an opening prayer? Sure. Our kind Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to meet here this evening <clears throat> to discuss the lectures on faith. We're grateful for this inspired program uh, led by Joseph Smith in his day, and we're grateful that we have access to that and that we can um, learn for ourselves the things that they learned. Um, we ask you to please bless us that we'll have thy spirit with us this evening to be able to understand and, and glean the things that are there for us. We're grateful for our Savior and is atoning sacrifice for us and and we're grateful for um the things that we've been in blessed been blessed with and the understanding that we've been increasing in and we're grateful for the friendship of all those and their class members and we ask you to please bless us that we'll have a good evening of discussion and Enjoy the insights of each other and these blessings we pray for in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen
All right. Um, so with the lectures proper, I do want to start each group with um, DNC 88-133 with the salutation. So let me bring that up really quick. So let me make sure. Did you start the recording? You probably did. I wasn't paying attention. I did. Everything's out of order today. <laughs> okay. I think I did. Okay. All right, so with the, the lectures proper, uh, as the School of the Prophets begins to meet every class time, they um, receive each other with this salutation. Art thou a brother or sister? I salute you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in token or remembrance of the everlasting covenant, in which covenant I receive you to fellowship in a determination that is fixed, immovable, and unchangeable, to be your friend and brother through the grace of God in the bonds of love, to walk in all the commandments of God blameless in thanksgiving forever and ever. Amen. So, I don't know. I hope that that scripture takes on new meanings for us as we do carry out our, our next seven weeks in, in the lectures. Um, it's really been quite profound in lots of different ways. Uh, taking that scripture, meditating it in the, the temple, and there's a lot of power in those specific words, DNC 88, 133. Um, so lecture first, how was, how was this reading? <laughs> was it as mind-blowing to you guys as it was to me? I was kind of just in awe of um, going through it again today. I, you think you know, uh, you think you've read it, you think you've got it, and then the Lord just keeps pouring uh, more understanding and uh, trust in those things. Anyway, I'd just like to kind of open it up for um, some talk at first, and then uh, we'll dive into the actual questions at the end of lectures, uh, at lecture one, uh, and go through those point by point. So anyway, just kind of thoughts and, and feelings as we're, we're getting started here. And if not, that's totally fine. Bringing up the question. I guess for me, um, I guess for me, like I always felt like I understood faith and that Heavenly Father would bless me or like, faith in Him and faith that He could do all things. But I think it's never really occurred to me that nothing of this would ever happen without faith. Like that. Um, let me see which part it is. Oh, had it not for the, been for the principle of faith, which is Psalm 16, had it not been for the principle of faith, the world would never have been framed, neither would man have been formed of the dust. It is by the principle by which Jehovah works and through which he exercises power over all temporal as well as eternal things. Take this principle or attribute it is an attribute from deity that would that he would cease to exist like this is like way bigger than my brain can comprehend <laughs> that that it was built from faith mm -hmm. and i guess just wrapping my head around 
I thought I understood what faith was, but that none of it could exist without faith is like a whole different, don't you guys think it's like so much bigger to even, Yeah. I don't know, it's like way different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, blowing my mind every time that I, I dive into this, but yeah, because sometimes for some reason, I have thought or previously thought like, oh, faith is just, you know, like a mortal thing. We have to have faith or whatever. Like God obviously just knows everything. He doesn't have to have faith anymore, but all of the things like he creates through faith. And uh, likewise, it's not just a deity principle, but um, all of us um, can have that principle of power uh, like the deity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also intelligent beings. Mm -hmm. It says uh, in 13, faith is not the moving cause of all action in yourselves. If faith is not the act, moving action of all in yourselves, and if the moving causes in you, is it not in all other intelligent beings? Yeah. So it's all intelligent beings. Like it's way like oh, mind blowing for me. Yeah. Love it. Um, anything else before we dive in? Actually, you mind if I like share a quick video clip? It's like two minutes long. Um, it's interesting how timely the Lord has been like teaching me in, in lots of different things. I had a prompting the other day, um, to watch this one documentary show and it's talking about this and, and helping unravel lecture first to me in so many new ways. So let me bring that up uh, again it's only like uh, two minutes but um give me a second just to find it so a lot of this is um directly out of um is it number 10 in the book sorry oh, there Yes, number 10 of Lectures on Faith. Um, this whole thing got unlocked for me from this, this clip in this show here. In order to meditate. So is the sound coming through on that before we dive in? Okay. Is to sit our bodies down and close our feelings and our known as well. And the sweet spot of the generous present moment represents the unknown. Then in order for us to truly begin to make significant changes where our body isn't influencing our mind, where our environment isn't controlling our feelings and our thoughts, then it makes sense then that the first step we have to use in order to meditate is to sit our bodies down and close our eyes and disconnect from everything known in our outer environment. Less sensory information is coming into the brain. Now, all of a sudden, your inner world starts becoming more real than your outer world. If you can sit your body down and like training that animal, saying to your body, you stay, I'm going to feed you, you can check your emails, you can check your texts, you can post anything on Facebook, you're gonna get a shower, you're gonna get a cup of coffee, but right now, you're no longer the mind, I'm the mind. 
your body's in a program. And where you place your attention is where you place your energy. And the moment you're sitting in your meditation and you start putting your attention on the emotions, familiar emotions that are connected to the past, the moment you start thinking about those memories and feeling those emotions, it makes sense then that you're siphoning your attention and energy out of the present moment into the past. And if you're sitting there thinking about phone calls you have to make, the meetings you have to go to, the shopping list you have to get to, those are all known things in your predictable future reality. And every time you put your attention on some predictable future, you're siphoning energy out of the present moment into the predictable future. And now your energy is completely commingled with that line of time. So then when you become aware that your attention is on those emotions and you become aware and return your attention back to the present moment, you're disinvesting your attention and energy out of your past present reality and you're calling it back to you. Every time you do that, it's a victory and those victories add up. Okay, hopefully that wasn't just a bunch of <laughs> mumbo and gumbo, but um, as I was watching that last night and uh, reading number 10 out of lecture first today, like everything just kind of unlocked for me and, and it was huge. But number 10 here, it says, if men were duly or properly to consider themselves and turn their thoughts and reflections to the operations of their own minds, meaning meditate, actually meditate, get inside of your brain and, and start controlling it instead of it just being on autopilot or going through the motions of kind of like a base animal. If you want to be intelligent, want to be an intelligent being, then turn your thoughts and reflections to the operations of their own minds. They would readily discover that it is faith and faith only, which is the moving cause of all action in them. That both that, that without it, both mind and body would be in a state of inactivity and that all their exertions would cease, both physical and mental. And I don't know, I, hopefully that somewhat makes sense, or I don't know, maybe it's just something that the Lord needed to uh, reiterate to me. But um, as I've been just kind of studying how to, to actually implement what I'm learning kind of a thing, and it's all upon this principle of faith. And how it's a, a, a principle of action and power, the dualistic property there. I don't know. Lecture first is just blowing me out of the water. Um, so that was, <clears throat> that was awesome. Can you um, put that in the chat, the link to that? Um, it's a, a video on Gaia. Um, but I mean, it's like a subscription uh, okay. service or whatever, but yeah, you can uh, look it up there. I'll, let's see, type out demystifying. I marvel that God has faith in us. So Cameron, was that the chakras of seven points that were shown at the end? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, that was uh, part of it. So throughout his whole series there, um, there's there's lots of um, energy and, and chakra and uh, aligning kind of principles and stuff. But um, anyway, it's not necessarily all on that, but it, the class is on how to unlock time within your own body. Um, and so anyway, it just came up for me this week in my own studies. I was led to it. It's not something I would normally get into, but um, it's amazing how it has been unlocking lectures on faith for me. But anyway, just kind of teaching this pattern of our human bodies. If we want to be on autopilot and just kind of be like a base animal reacting to, to the world around us as it, as it comes up, we can do that. Or we can choose to have faith. And um, what it talks about there in verse 11, would it not be for the assurance of which they had of the existence of things which they had not yet seen? Was it not for the, let's see, obtain them. Where does it go through? Oh yeah, right there. Would you have ever sown if you had not believed that you would reap? Would you have ever planted if you had not believed that you would gather? Would you have not ever asked unless you had believed that you would receive? Would you have ever sought unless you had believed that you would have found? Or would you have ever knocked unless you had believed it would have been opened unto you? In a word, is there anything that you would have done, either physical or mental, if you had not previously believed? And, and taking that back to... Um, you know, the three different uh, presentations on faith here, what it is, the object on which it rests, and the effects that flow from it. The faith is the assurance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. You know, there's a purpose of, of living with a veil, covering some of those things so that we live by faith and have to exert ourselves in order to to test these things and, and prove them herewith on, in this life. Man, I, I <laughs> just right now I'm just like getting blown away by it again like there's so much to lecture first that is just amazing when, when you think about um Peter walking on the water um he saw Jesus doing it and um didn't Jesus say come or something I can't remember Anyway, he just believed. He didn't even take time to rationalize it all out, you know. He just believed. He said, Jesus doing it? And he says, come. So he, he just does this. So he takes action, and he has the power to do that. And, and it wasn't until he let the, the fear in that he, he wasn't able to then. But he did do it for that. For those moments however long that was and isn't that interesting to pull in um <laughs> i have joe dispenza on my mind um todd mclaughlin's uh recent thing on um a law of consecration video where he's talking about fear and faith and and how much fear is the lesser law of you know murder to get gain and stuff and once you can can put that behind you and actually have faith that it's a a principle of action and power and anyway it, it, it just transcends uh when you can 
come out of the natural man and actually be um, powerful uh, with God. So let's go to the uh, questions and answers on the foregoing principles. So what, well, first of all, as we are going through these, I mean, yes, you can just regurgitate what's on the paper, <laughs> but I, I would like you to try to put it in your own words as well. Like, how do we put this into modern English vernacular of uh, the answers to these questions? So posing it out to, to everybody, what is theology? How do you describe that? And um, how would you use that in, in Sunday school? How, how do you describe theology? Because I feel that that is quite a term that is either under, misunderstood or even frowned upon because they don't know what it means or, or whatever. It's like, ooh, theology, that must be something else besides our gospel kind of thing. So what is theology? And, and how would you go about answering that? Yeah, a stump gel. I love it. <laughs> Give us a basic definition, because I mean, I know what it is, but I can't put it into words. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, so taking a look at Buck's Theological Dictionary here, uh, here's like the, the old world English definition of, of this, and we could look up all the words and, and parts of it in uh, the Webster's Dictionary if we want, but it says that it, it, oh no, let's see. It is that revealed science which treats of the being and attributes of God, etc. We'll, we'll talk about the other parts here in a second. But it's a revealed science. What is science? It is like the, the knowledge of laws and, and how things are governed, right? And so it's a revealed science that tells us about who God is and what his attributes are. His relations to us, the dispensations of his providence, his will with respect to our actions, and his purposes with respect to our end. And so, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack there because that's just not quite how we talk about. It. We don't talk about dispensations of providence anymore. <laughs> but um, anyway, kind of, let me read that once more and then let's try to put it into our own words. It is that revealed science which treats on the being and attributes of God, his relations to us, the dispensations of his providence, his will with respect to our actions, and his purposes with respect to our end. So how would you put that in your own words? One it, of well, I think I would just say, I think it, if somebody just were to say, what is theology? I think I would say, it's the scientific proof that we have a heavenly father and that we are his children in our relationship with him. I think, isn't that what basically in dumb it down for Kathy's words, isn't that basically what it said? <laughs> it's not dumb it down. I think that's exactly how you would, you know, put it I in mean, our, that's our all modern, I right? can make out of it anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the science of who God is and how we can actually have a relationship with him. Like it, you know, we just don't really talk about that very much outside of prayer. Yeah, you can pray to, to God, and that's great, right? But there's so much more. We can have a deeper relationship with God if we have a good foundation in theology. 
And so um, kind of throwing out a, a second question. <laughs> my questions might not be the greatest tonight. Sorry, my brain's elsewhere. But um, so how is Isaiah's theology different than um, President Nelson's theology or Joseph Smith's theology? Like they all have different theologies. And so what does that mean for us in um, a study of their theology? If it's a science, a science, of, like, how does science work? You you take a question, you have a theory, and then you go about proving it, right? And, and putting it into action and saying, oh, this works, this doesn't. So this must be the divine law that, that governs it. And so Joseph Smith's theology for a second is kind of going back to um, that verse 11 right there, where he asks, would you have ever asked unless you had believed that you would receive, that's kind of one of the first foundational things that, that we learn about in the gospel, right? That Joseph Smith read James 1.5 and got a confirmation from the scriptures saying, oh, if I have a question, God will answer it if I ask in faith. So I'm going to have faith. I'm going to act upon that and, and hopefully get an answer. And, um, you know, the scripture says it, but I haven't experienced it for myself yet so i'm gonna go do that and so that's his theology he has a theory and then he goes to the woods or i don't know woods i guess you could call it woods but um he goes into the grove of, of trees prays puts it into practice and says oh that's a divine law okay then i don't have to question that ever again i have a sure knowledge that it does work and so i now have a principle of power so then he goes about his whole life taking theories, questions to the Lord, and, and getting revealed answers and experience, scientific proof that this is what works, this is what doesn't work. And so that's his theology. And then you take Isaiah's theology of, hey, like, here's the, the ladder to heaven. These are some of the things I've seen. And then he goes and actually practices it. He learns how it works with his interactions with Hezekiah, with with all these other people and with scriptures. So every, every scientist in the scripture has their own theology. They have their own relationship with God and how he works with them. And some of the parts are very cohesive, right? It's the exact same thing that works for this one, that works for this one, that works for this one, versus some things are a little bit nuanced, you know, based upon our spiritual gifts or, or this or that. And so as Joseph is presenting this to the school of the prophets, there's, there's, there's certain standards that are divine laws that are irrefutable. And then there are certain things that are nuanced for, for everybody. And so it's kind of interesting how different theologies present themselves. Isaiah has a very um, fun and, and unique theology uh, in regards to God, as does Abraham as does Joseph Smith, as do you. Each of you have a different theology with God, and you're constantly growing in it, right? As intelligent beings, um, it's our, our questions and answer experiences with him. What works? What doesn't work? And, and how might we benefit from studying the theology uh, of others? Oh, and then Elm posts uh, a shorter definition. The study of the nature of God and religious truth rational inquiry into religious questions. I love that. 
the perfect way to describe it. So what is the first principle in this revealed science? Faith, pure and simple. <laughs> I, like Kathy said at the beginning, you know, I thought I knew faith, you know, faith is like a little seed and it will grow. Like you just have the base knowledge and that's fine for, for a little bit. But if you want to grow even further, there, there's deeper meaning behind faith and how it works, isn't there? Um, so what is faith? Having read this lecture and, and the questions and, and everything, how would you describe faith now? Or what has changed about faith in your paradigm um, throughout? Yeah, just, just studying this lecture. How, how do you describe it now? How has it changed for you? I think for I me, think... it's, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Kathy. I'll go after. Becky, I bet yours is way better. You should go first. <laughs> I don't think so. You go first and I'll go. <laughs> so the takeaway I got from the whole chapter I mean, one big nugget of a takeaway takeaway is that it's an it's an action. Faith is action, and if you don't act on it, you don't see it or reap the rewards of it. And um, and it, and had nobody ever had that faith, maybe we wouldn't have any of the things we have. I'm I'm still trying to understand that that I mentioned in the beginning about mm -hmm. how worlds formed from the dust. Like whose faith made that happen? Us as spirit children, our heavenly father, Christ, like what faith put that together? But, but it doesn't matter who it was. It was faith that made it happen. It's an action word. And it's got to be action to propel it forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> okay i've just realized um i'm going through a bit of a descent right now and so everything's kind of heavy at the moment but i'm realizing after reading this i thought oh i think i have more faith than i realized like how easy it is to just beat ourselves up and um and whatnot but looking at it, it's like oh my goodness I've got all these things going on right now in my life that are all you know I'm acting on faith on all of them and I thought oh this is this is good I think that we all uh, have a little more faith than we realize so mm -hmm. yeah uh, that's one thing sometimes we might get a little overwhelmed with going, man, do I really know what faith is? And do I even have an ounce of it? But yet uh, that's what's uh, confirming and, and hopeful throughout this whole lecture is, yes, you have it. And all intelligent beings do. And it's about exercising it and growing within it as, as we do face our challenges, our, our descents. Isn't it funny, like, <laughs> even using that term, how you, I'm going through a little bit of a descent right now. It's like, you just don't normally talk about that, but <laughs> here in this group, it's so fun. We could, we could just but talk. But how exciting, because she gets to jump, she gets to jump up one of the rings on the ladder. So this is like so exciting. We should yeah. celebrate for you that you get to jump one of the rings of the, <laughs> the rungs of the ladder. We're so happy for you, Becky. 
That helps me feel better. Thank you. <laughs> I'm having a little party for you. <laughs> it is such a blessing to be able to identify that and say that. and It is. And to be able to accept that. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to be able to understand that. And to look back, oh my gosh, to look back and see descents and to see ascents after the descents. It, they always come. They always come. Yeah. And so, prior to Isaiah decoded, I had zero framework for any of that. I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, why does the Lord hate me sometimes? And sometimes he blesses me. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't get this theology. <laughs> but yet <laughs> now with Isaiah's theology, studying it, it's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> and life's more hopeful and purposeful when you understand that concept, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, so going to the next question there, how do you prove that faith is the principle of action in all intelligent beings? Here, it talks about by duly considering the operations of my own mind, and secondly, by the declaration of scripture. Hebrews, by faith, Noah was warned. Abraham, by faith, by faith, all of these things happened. So there, there's part of your own mind, that's the, the first thing, and then the second is scripture, all of the patterns that have happened in the past, everybody else's theology, how they've experienced God. And so, I don't know, sometimes there, there might be a little bit disconnect of, okay, yeah, I, I totally believe that it happens to prophets, but not, not me, like little old me, I'm, I'm just sitting here suffering. But first, it's not the second one, it's the first one. How do you prove that faith is the principle of action in all intelligent beings? By duly considering or properly considering the operations of my own mind. And how few of us, well, I don't know, I, I'm speaking for myself here. How little do I meditate? I, you know, I, I ponder on specific scriptures, but, but I don't sit there and, and try to consider my own existence and my own mind for fear that I'll have an existential crisis, <laughs> but like by first duly considering the operations of my own mind and getting to, to know thyself, I think is absolutely crucial in these last days. You know, there's a lot of energy work and whatever have you hoopla of that. All of this is you just lump everything together and throw it in the garbage yet Meditation is one powerful principle that every single one of those pioneer ancestors, Joseph Smith, School of the Prophets, they're all meditating. They have a constant routine of meditation so that they can do this, so that they can duly or properly consider the operations of their own minds. And um, I don't know, sometimes you just think of symbolism or meditation or chakras or what have you and just throw it all in the garbage. But there's a lot to be said. For, for the practice of meditation. It is so key to get in there and control your body and not just be acted upon by everything that's swirling about you. And, and I didn't know that that was in Lectures on Faith. Like how many times have I read this? But it wasn't until I watched that video and then, then here it's like, my gosh, he's talking about meditating and, and getting to know your own brain. So here's a question. Does meditating have to be sitting on the floor or can it be? Well, 
doing mundane tasks or something. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are. Yeah. Because when I sit still, I fall asleep. <laughs> yep. But it, it does require that you put out all extra sensory okay. things. It's not something that you can multitask, but it doesn't necessarily have to be on the floor or, you know, with your, your fingers and, and humming and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's trying to get out all, all of your senses to, to kind of dissipate or get in the background so that you can actually dive into your own mind kind of a thing. I hope, I, I don't know if that's the greatest definition of it, but, um, but uh, something that I, I learned recently that I was trying to do, but um, that was wrong, was not multitasking meditation, because that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to be like, okay, I'm going to be peaceful and ponder, but I'm going to be praying at the same time. And, and I find that, yes, sometimes meditation can then morph into a, a good deep prayer. But if I'm trying to, to pray, I'm not meditating. And so it, it's a, a separate but equal, but yet sometimes it can lead into the other. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's still a novice. It seems like, I can, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, in that little film that you showed, it seems like he's trying to say to get all the thoughts that are in our past you know, separate them, don't bring them to the party and all the future stuff that you're thinking about. And I'll, I got to do this, got to do that. Only be in the present, you know, which is a hard thing to do because we bring stuff to the party with everything that we do. Our, our thoughts are, that's how our thoughts work. But if you have to separate the stuff that's happened prior and the stuff that's going to happen and just be totally in the present to have a win. I don't know what the win does for us, but <laughs> for sure. But Yeah. So let's go with Tracy and then Wendy. Yeah, I've done quite a bit of meditation throughout my life and it does take a lot of practice to get everything to go still. But um, when you get pretty good at it, you can really get in tune with your body and there may be something your body's been trying to tell you sometimes and then when you're able to be super quiet you can figure out something that you need to go get some help for you know a little bit it's um but it's really hard to get everything to stop at first you just have to kind of force yourself you've got this much time and you have to just keep practicing and it helps to do a lot of deep breaths and stuff too. Yeah, thank you. And Wendy? Yeah, I, I agree. Sometimes um, yoga helps just going through and connecting mind body and letting emotions come up. Sometimes that helps. One thing that's pretty regular, I don't do yoga as much as I should, but um, what I found works the best for me um, and it's, it's meditation, but it's kind of like a focused, um, what did you, how did you say it in the theology definition? Like a, a revealed science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
um, that it's it's something that that for if I if I can turn it's almost like giving my mind to the Savior, um, giving my mind to the to Heavenly Father, and just saying, "What do you want me to know?" But in, in, a, in a lot of ways, though, I have to come with a question. And if I'm praying for somebody else, it's much more powerful because then I'm coming to her and then it's like, it's a spiritual revelation instead of just it being like knowing my body and being in tune. Um, for instance, this morning, like I had my scriptures and I said, what do you want me to, you know, I, what do you want me to know? And I opened it up and I read a scripture and I was like, what does this mean? And and then he revealed it to me and I'm like, that can't be, how can that be? <laughs> like I have this question, like, how can that be? And he started with like, it was kind of like, this is the promise. And, and then a couple of later it, verses later, it was like, this is what will happen with, with those that oppose you or something. And I'm like, how does this apply? And then as I kept asking, he started helping me connect with my past, with my, with the, the, the unbelief that was there and all of a sudden it clicked and and I, I felt the atonement help me um and Christ being with me and cleansing that and then it came back uh, down like a chiasmus back to that scripture and the promise it was like there it is I understand that now mm -hmm. so it's kind of it is about understanding your body but it's a revealed science and that there's power in that that the Lord does and that's how when I think of the universe being created, well, he's creating the universe of me and, and it has to come through him. So anyway, it's like turning over your mind to him. It's like a focused yeah. conversation. So anyway. And something that I would also helps. say in response to like the, the sleeping. <clears throat> so like I, I'm a big dreamer, visionary type of person. Right. And so sometimes meditation does lend and go right to a dream you know sometimes the lord does need me to like nod off and, and go into a dream space um but it, it's not always but and sometimes uh it's about controlling that and making sure that you you control your body and saying no now's not the time to sleep but if the lord does need you to then then go along with it you know as as a revealed science sometimes that's how he can communicate um with various symbols and, and things yeah, at given times, but I don't know. I, it's all about practice. <laughs> like everybody's been saying, like, I don't know. Meditation was so hokey for me right at the beginning. I was just like, this is stupid. I, <laughs> I don't even get what's going on, but whatever. And then the more and more it happens, it's like, holy cow, this is, this is huge. Getting to, um, let me try to quote from here by duly or properly considering the operations of my own mind. Um, uh, getting to that level of faith there. And then Becky in the comment says, I think the win is being in the present. Fear will dissipate and faith will flourish. I love that. Uh, going back to that video, I, we didn't watch this part of it, but um, they talk a lot about the past as being, you know, like if you focus too much on it, it's just, reliving the past until it becomes a, a false reality and then um as you've wired all of the neurons in your brain to you're basically programming this robot to go into to automation mode and and, and then it's just uh 
a lesser being. It's just a robot. It's a zombie. But if you can get in there and rewire the synapses, the neurons in your brain, then you can actually get to a point where you are so much in the present that the future is not just a predictable anymore. Is like if you keep doing the same things every day, you'll get the same result. But we can't change the future unless we can perfectly master the present. And that that comes through the, the meditation that right now, this is what is changing and, and morphing. You know, to-do lists and, um, oh, I want to do this. I want to create this habit for myself. I want to do this. That's all focused in the future. And those things never come to pass unless you can actually master the present. And so like what Becky says there, I think the win is being in the present. Um, having a perfect mastery over that is, is where faith actually takes the principle of action and creates the power, injects the power to actually change the future. Um, having that control over time. <laughs> Tracy's inviting all of us to go to um, to Winchester Bay on the Oregon coast and ground our toesies in the sand and meditate. <laughs> it took me a, a second to reword that. For some reason, I was reading it backwards. <laughs> yes, grounding is, is super important to know. Don't you think that, you know, that the, I don't know, crazy stigmatisms that we give to like meditation or chakras or any of that, it's, it, it comes from Satan. He's trying to like get us so we don't do those things because they are important, you know, but anyway, anyway, I think those I don't know the word I want to use, but yeah, I think it's important that we do that yeah. very thing. There are certain things that work. There are certain gifts and powers that have been given to us for our benefit. And sometimes we just rule them out because, I don't know, we have fear rather than faith. Mm -hmm. And Satan always does throw in tons of counter bits yeah. into it. Yeah. Like some of the yoga poses have a bit of a satanic worship to certain aspects of satanism oh, and yeah. so that's partly why i think a lot of people and myself included you know worry about that because um i was worrying about it my daughter is really big into yoga and she started getting me into it and then i was worrying about some of the poses and and then just looking at like the yoga pants and how revealing they are and the little stupid counterfeits that creep in, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we Taking don't need to wear those. Yeah. There, there's some different ones with it. <laughs> you know, like we were talking about that the other day, weren't we, Mother, about like, you know, groves. You know, you have the Asherah groves, which are the Satan's counterfeit, the bad things right. that happen in, in those groves. And yet you have sacred groves. You know, that's the right. prophets tend to go to, to groves. You know, mountains can can also have a counterfeit and, and this and that, you know, yeah. just everything. Uh, and we're just being bombarded with it in, in our day, right? Right. But yet actually meditating and uh you know, there, there are certain things uh, uh, with yoga that are, are super divine. And yet 
you know, you have <laughs> commercialized, Hollywoodized, whatever you want to call and uh, Satan's counterfeit in there. <laughs> but I think that that's kind of the joy of, of living too, right? Of constantly praying for the gift of discernment and developing your theology with God. When Once you're, you're comfortable with um, discerning truth from error and, and navigating those things, then then it becomes a joy figuring out, you know, this versus that and which path you should take and which fruit here or there kind of thing. Um, Trust the prophet. It seems like he's told us to meditate, but we don't hear that at church. We hear pray and ponder. And I've heard meditate a little bit like in the I think in conferences, but I'm trying, I've been trying to look right now. President Nelson has told us to meditate. Mm -hmm. um, or is there another word they use for meditate? Well, one breathe all the time. Yeah. What's that? He tells us to breathe all the time. Yeah. And not just to breathe, but to change the way that we breathe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think metanoeo, that talk where he uses that definition is probably the closest that he's going to come to be like, guys change is it, repent. is like, it because meditation has such a bad rap like so many like kind of off things mm -hmm. with meditation or why don't they i i have i did hear in the last conference for sure a couple times mm -hmm. but i haven't i don't know that i've ever heard the prophet tell us to meditate and i'm not i'm not saying we're not supposed to i'm just wondering why they don't and is it mm -hmm. do you think that it's just because it a lot of people use it more for the you know more of a there's probably for satan's counterfeit and and different ways that yeah that's what i was wondering but like is pondering the same or is pondering pondering is more like reading and then thinking about what you read isn't it yeah that's what i tend to to think about like pondering is like with a specific question and, and things in mind versus i don't know but i i could be totally wrong too but um i think that there's a a difference between pondering and, and meditation but I think that that's a, a specific question to go to the Lord with and go, okay, what do I need to I do? I just wonder, I just wonder why, if that's kind of the gateway to all of us, why we're not told to do it. And I, and I'm not saying we're not, mm -hmm. I just, I'm just questioning my head. Have you guys heard it very often? Or I know that I heard it in conference and, mm -hmm. or is there other wording they use like the breathing anyway, just a thought. Uh-huh. Yeah. So L talked about it that David O. McKay spoke on meditation. And I know L. Tom Perry spoke on it extensively. Richard G. Scott, Howard W. Hunter. It doesn't seem like in our, our super modern ones, but like I, I think that it's probably been there all along if we'll take a look at it and know what to look for. But right. Uh, in in like my dreams class and, and things, like we we're always talking about L. Tom Perry and um uh, Richard G. Scott, they talk extensively about meditation. And the yeah. powers of dreams and uh, getting in tune with, with spiritual gifts in that way. One thing I did want to share was, um, you know, the, sorry, this is a teeny bit back, backtracking just a teeny bit, but about faith, how like a lot of the things we do, we wouldn't even attempt to do without faith, right? It says that in the book. And then I was thinking of a friend that I have who has never, has decided never to have children. It's not that she didn't want children or that she couldn't have children but she just didn't believe she'd be a good mother she didn't believe she would be able to be a good mother even though she has all the means to be a good mother 
she just has a, a nervous condition and so shh, don't bark you guys so so that like even just to bear children or to want to be married and to, to believe that you can do that i can see where that is faith even though we don't even realize that we're acting on faith mm-hmm. and like a lot of times you'll see um you know people are like oh we can't afford to have a baby but then it's having faith to know that the Lord will provide when you do have that child. And so I do see a lot of evidence in faith in my life, even though when I was reading it, I was thinking, I don't, I think I just do things. I don't think I do them because I have faith. I think I just do them, but we, maybe we do have a lot more faith than we have. Cause just, cause we haven't looked at it that way. It's just a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it goes along with what Elle says here. So um, uh, adapting from from a quote from Harry, Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It's the attitude of, of faith there. Uh, I really like that. And so uh, kind of taking that, uh, whether you think uh, God can or whether you think God can't, you're right. It's that attitude of faith. It's a principle of action and power there. Um and so, let's see, Tracy says, what do you think about guided meditation, where you give up so completely, you do fall asleep, and then you don't remember what was put into your mind while you were asleep? I've done that before, and I'm not sure that was okay looking back. I don't know, that, that's a great question, you know, with a uh, handbook on, uh, you know, hypnosis mm-hmm. and, and things like that. I, I think that it has to be a completely trusted source. I wouldn't necessarily trust any guided meditations on youtube but um you know if you have like a good trusted uh guided meditation that uh that you can rely on then i I don't know it's very interesting because here's one counterfeit that i find pretty scary is the um hypnosis that, that a lot of people are starting to do to, to find out about their past lives or their reincarnated states. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll speak in foreign languages and talk about these experiences, speak how they were murdered or this or that or whatever. And it's like, oh my gosh, like you're literally just giving your body over to unclean and, and evil spirits and letting them talk to you. And like, I don't know. There, there's a lot of when you give up agency or control in any way, whether it be conscious or uh, through a dream state. I, I don't know. I, I would say that that is kind of embarking on, on dangerous territory. But um, I don't know. Some guided meditations. I, I've I've done a, a couple. Um, I've led a couple, and I don't know. I think that there's can be good, and, and I think that Satan can easily counterfeit as well. But yeah. Um, so one thing that, uh, popped into my head as we were talking about that last part somewhere. Oh, where it's a a principle of action and a principle of power. So every time I think of, of power and how president Nelson is, uh, wanting us to, to develop power, I go back to his talk on the price of priesthood power and, um, where he says, I urgently plead with each one of us to live up to our privileges as bearers of the priesthood in a coming day. Only those men who have taken their priesthood seriously by diligently seeking to be taught by the Lord himself will be able to bless, guide, protect, strengthen, and heal others. Only a man who has paid the price for priesthood power 
will be able to bring miracles to those he loves and keep his marriage and family safe now and throughout eternity. And what is the price of that priesthood power? Um, anyway, that talk is is perfect along with lectures first, where he, you know, goes through uh, by faith this happened, by faith this happened. Um, we have mountains moving, uh, prisons falling, lions' mouths being closed, human hearts lost its enmity, fire its violence, enemies are armies their power, the sword its terror, death its dominion. All this by reason of <coughs> which was in him. And so the if we're not experiencing those levels of miracles, it might be perchance that we don't have the faith that has yielded power. And so taking a look, a, a deep conscious look into our own pursuit of faith, our own theology, and saying, okay, what, what needs to happen so that I can encounter these obstacles and face the future with faith rather than fear and be able to, to do whatever's asked of me? You know, um, I, I was just talking, my friend that was over here, my mentor, um, she was talking about, we were talking about Ephraim Hanks and uh, the chapter in Four Ordinations, right? Um, and she's like, oh my gosh, you have to read this book called, let's find out what she, she's like, I found it at a garage sale and it was amazing, but it's called F. Hanks, as in um, like a nickname, E-P-H, F for Ephraim, F. Hanks, famous Mormon scout. And it goes through his whole life story on how these little, you know, the buffalo, you know, at the time of, of need and, and healing the, uh, the Indian boy who fell off the buffalo kind of thing. Like these weren't just like one-off things that his entire life, it goes through the book, like how he developed this and how he could call animals at will whenever he needed them. Um, like he had, when he encountered the, the experiences that we often talk about or put in the movies or whatever, um, those weren't things of, of great uh, momentous uh, newness to him. It was like, oh no, I do this all the time. I'm going to call a buffalo. It's going to be right there. It, you know, it's, it's all an act of faith, but it's unto power. It, 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 it crosses over to where you just know that the Lord is going to do these things because you have that faith and you've tested it out. You have a theology behind it. Um, it it's just more and more powerful to me. Um, purpose. Yeah. I think your purpose has to be pure. I mean, mm -hmm. don't do it just to do it. And so if you have the faith that after the whole lectures on faith, all of that put together, right? And if you have the faith, a correct knowledge of God, his characters, perfections, and attributes, and you know that your will is in line with his, and that you have a knowledge that he does do these things, then you can call down whatever you need because you've, you've got an alignment. You know that you're good with him, that he's good with you, and that his pattern works, and that it's necessary for you to do said miracle. And so it all just aligns. You know, I mean, you're not just going out into the African safari and going, lion, shut your mouth. But it has to have a purpose, right? Like there's, 
there's times of of descent there's times of war coming like <laughs> do we fully realize the the implications that the next few years are going to hold for us and our families that that fear is going to run rampant in our communities and our world and yet we have the privilege and the potential for such great power that there literally is no need for any fear whatsoever. We have the power to do all of those things on a regular basis with, with the Lord's will. So now I'm thinking, because I'm looking at 22 and 23 and 24. If you just read that out, I mean, just heard that, it just, it, it does sound so far out. But then I'm looking, I'm just like, what the heck? But then I'm thinking, okay, is this just a lesson that that's how the father created the earth? Okay, look at 23. Um, had it not been for the faith, which was in men, that they might have spoken to the sun, the moon, the mountains, prisons, the human heart, fire armies, the sword, or to, to death in vain. Like, are we just learning? Is this all we're like learning how the father created and all the things the father can do? And so we're having faith that later he's teaching us so we can do these things because I don't think my faith made the mountain or was it us having faith that the father could create it? Explain it to me, Cameron, come on. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of, of layers to that with, you know, the creation. And, and I think that there's also something to be said for, things being created spiritually before they are created physically right, right? i mean right, right. it's not you know uh, step one go out move that mountain physically but right. um, like like president nelson like just looking at the titles of his talks you know faith in him will move mountains like he's he's trying to create us spiritually get us prepared spiritually because we are going to have to do the physical things and so taking a look at god how he has created all of those things and, and done all that, right? And then taking mm -hmm. a look through scripture and saying, and it's not only God, but he gave Prophet that. Prophet yeah, right. Everybody, and yeah. these were all normal people, you know, like Enoch was slow of speech, like uh, Moses yeah. was, like they, they have all of these human frailties, yet they could do miracles because of faith. And if God can do it for himself and create the heavens and the earth and he if all of the holy prophets can do it and God is no respecter of persons that you can do it, then how do you create that faith spiritually for yourself so that when the physical need arises that you can just, just do it. That you can so this is kind of like a tutoring, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause look at 21 also Joshua in the sight of all of Israel made the sun and moon to stay still. And it was done like, so so he's teaching us, this is how I did it. And this is what you have to do to be able to do the same or mm -hmm. to, to make these miracles, right? Yeah, exactly. Like how many of us, I don't know if this happened to anyone else or I'm just a loser, but um, <laughs> I can't remember how old I even was. I, I, I think I was old enough to really know better, but um, I <laughs> got up on the side of my tub one day and was like, I'm just going to walk on water. I'm just going to do it and I fell down hurt myself real bad <laughs> and I was like oh, okay 
Ah, uh, was stupid. And so like I, it literally damaged my faith in that specific principle for a long time. And then, um, you know, flash forward to 2022, like the principle of faith and it's a principle of action and power. And I don't know, you know, without getting into the, all the specifics and, and, and things, but like, I know for a fact that I would not have been able to do quite a few things just this last year without the faith. Right. And like, like I've been able to actually do miracles right. and that would have never happened without the, the spiritual training ahead of time and searching the scriptures and knowing that those things can and should happen. And then just getting in line with, with God, like, yeah, it's all just like the spiritual training. I could make right. the engine light go off of my car. Yeah. But now I have it in the shop yeah. so they can fix it. it comes on and off on and off going to the temple it's crazy it's really been messing with my head (laughs) so i have a really cool story i want to tell you guys yeah um and testimony meeting today we had it early because we have state conference next week but our bishop gave this amazing story um i just wanted to share and it does go along with this um he's a rancher out here on the Arizona strip and we have been so destitute for water and he went out to check because he has several ponds um, that are really big and he went out to check his cows the other day and one of them had died and all of them were looking at him like we're on death's doorstep and so he had to lead them like five miles down this trail to get to a pond of water and it was pretty much dried up. And so he went home just really discouraged. And he was talking with his brother on the way to the temple. And he was just like, I hope it doesn't rain. So we can just end this and just be done with this business. And I'm sick and tired of praying for rain. And just like feeling destitute. And um, then in the temple, when he was listening to everything, he realized that he was kind of uh, murmuring like the brothers. Nephi's brothers and um even when um when Nephi's father even kind of started murmuring anyway so he was sitting there thinking I shouldn't be like that and so then the next I think it was just the next day he always watches the weather app just praying for rain out there and he watched the storm seriously go right over his property and just sat there and just dumped water and it just stayed there it didn't it didn't go all over it wasn't we have had a lot of rain but this particular one he watched it just go right over his property and just sat and poured so he went out there the next day and they did have like a flash flood and all of his ponds are filled to the rim they did not flood they filled to the rim enough for two or three years. That much water. That's a lot of water, like millions of gallons. And so what I was just thinking when we were talking and then when Becky said that, it's like, we can have the faith, but that doesn't mean it has to be always perfect faith. Like we might still murmur and we still might doubt. We still might have moments where we feel like, you know, I don't know if I can do this like Peter in the water. I don't know if I could, I don't know. But he's tutoring us to become 
what we're meant to become, right? I just thought mm. that was such a cool kind of went along with all of it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, we're just imperfect people here trying to learn, aren't we? <laughs> and sometimes it's like you can do so good one day and then just fall flat on your face the next. Like, well, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> and and yet the Lord is so patient and just leads us along and, and gives us these opportunities for growth. We're all going to fall in the bathtub, but it probably will hurt us more than it did you. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't try it this old. <laughs> That's for something that somebody young. <laughs> Wait a minute, Cameron. Are you calling us old? <laughs> no, this old. <laughs> well, I mean, the shoe fits, I guess. <laughs> Don't try it. You might break your own. <laughs> well anything else on lecture first it's a, a whirlwind of stuff holy cow thank you for reading it because i was able to listen to it many more times than i could read it myself that was beautiful yeah for sure i don't know how you fit everything into your day i don't know either and that, I that's what i went to the lord with a lot i was like holy father like I can't get to everything, but what I have gotten to is like way beyond my normal mortal stuff. So thanks. <laughs> thanks for warping time. No. <laughs> and I just think all the time, like you have been through so much that has put you where you are now. And I am so grateful. And I, I hope that you can see the blessings and all that because you have blessed my life. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Thank it's you. been a, a crazy couple of years, hasn't it? <laughs> so if you, I mean, if you were like, you know, chock full of kids and, and a wife and everything, you would not have this time. This is, this is beautiful what you have done. What you have built to share with others is incredible. And, and I know that you're not going to take any credit for it, but I hope that you feel that I'm yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm grateful for everyone uh, showing up every week, <laughs> putting up with my my crazy tactics all the time. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's amazing what the Lord can can really accomplish with just mere mortals. Um, I, like seriously, I look at every single name on the screen, even if you're just a newcomer, and uh, sometimes I've never even seen your face, but like how much each one of you have taught me certain principles or led me down different paths or questions or I mean just everything this group of friends has been amazing in uh, my own personal journey it's, it's been so fun to rub shoulders with the greats <laughs> yeah. okay so you didn't say how education week was Oh, it's not for another two weeks. Let's oh, see. I thought it was just last week. Nope. Um, so it's the week of the 15th through the 20th. In, in August. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. You'll you'll be hearing about it because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be talking a lot. I, I'm excited because <laughs> we lived in Utah for four years, but I have little ones when I was living there and I couldn't. Yeah. I, could, I went to one day and then my husband and I did two classes that same night. So I've only been one day the four years that we lived there. Yeah. But I get to the temple every week, only mm -hmm. the Tipinogos temple. 
because if I had gone to the other ones, it would have taken too long and it would have been away from my, my little kids too long. But mm -hmm. anyway, I'm grateful for that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's a time and a season to everything. And right now I I'm able to attend, but I, you know, it, that is, it's such a hard <laughs> uh, timing thing with, with education week kids. I wish they could figure out a, a new way to, to do stuff with that. But but that's why we're here doing book clubs and, and things like that and whatever's in the future. Yay, I like that word from your mouth, the future. <laughs> There's some fun stuff coming. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, anyway, anything else before we head out for the night? So next week, lecture second, not a whole heck of a lot for homework other than just reading the lectures at this point but they're they're deep they're impactful for sure lecture second will will blow your your mind <laughs> they all will <laughs> lecture second is one of my favorite ones though uh, i didn't used to like lecture second i used to think that of all of them that was the throwaway uh, i was like yeah you could probably just get rid of that one if you needed to but <laughs> now i love it it's one of my favorites and wasn't it last week when we were talking about uh purported authorship and stuff that joseph smith probably had his hand in in uh number two and number five uh, and anyway i there's some good stuff there um but yeah any other thank like, you things before we like education week we no but i i have week. something i'd like to ask all of you yeah I, for have, sure. I have a neighbor that they have a son that he is a marine He's been involved in an accident while he's in Japan and Okinawa. Mm -hmm. He is on life support at the moment. Just pray for him. He's, they're really struggling and they, his heart's working, but they're not getting brain activity at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so just, his name's Trenton Franson, just please pray for him. They need all the prayers that they can get at this time. Mm -hmm. And where did you say he was at the moment? Japan. In Japan. Okin Okinawa. Okinawa. Mm -hmm. So they can't even get to him. They found this out Monday and they're, you know, they have him in an induced coma and on a ventilator and they don't know what's going to happen. You know, if they're going to be able to transporting to San Diego or what's going to happen at this point so they're just they just need a lot of prayers are they able to be with him what's that are they able to be with him they're not they can't even get they don't have passports to get to Japan for one thing oh my god that's gonna be so hard but yeah for sure Who, who's communicating with them they oh they were notified by the by the Marine Corps. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. He's he's a Marine. He's on duty at, in Japan and Okinawa on the base there, and so they that's who's been in touch with them and everything. So uh, for sure, we'll definitely. This is your a friend of yours? Is there a way we can send cards to the family or? They're my neighbors. They just live right down the road from me. Do you have an address that we can send a, a card? Um, 4250 South. I mean, I'd have to look it up real quick, but I can, I can get it and put it. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, if you send it to me, then I can. Yeah, let me send it to you. Yeah. And then, yeah, because I, yeah, they're just right on my same street, just across the street and three houses down. Yeah. But yeah, they're just really struggling. And I know, you know, all and every prayer helps. Oh, goodness. Oh, that just rips my heart. Oh, it just, it, he joined right shortly before I went into, you know, because I got, I work at MEPCON. That's where, when they join, that's where they go through and go out to boot camp from. And he joined right shortly before I started working there. And I just, you know, that's, I put them boy, them kids, boys and girls on the buses to go to boot camp. And it just, it breaks my heart. It just makes me, mm. well, it gets to me big time. Because mm. like I always say, you're the last thing, I'm the last thing you see when you get on that bus, so. Mm -hmm. mm. That's really hard. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely agree with faith. <laughs> Okay, the address is, I have it. It's 4347 West, 4250 South, West Haven, Utah, 84401. What was the zip code, sorry? 84401. Okay. So we're gonna. So gonna just get, the Franson family. Yeah, we're gonna get flags and tie yellow ribbons around stuff, and just to let them know we're all into them and everything. So. Yeah. Is Trenton married? He is not. He's only twenty-two. He might be twenty-three years old. He's very went in right out of high school. That's how old my kids are. Yeah, and it just it just breaks your heart to. I mean, every time I start thinking about it, I just get so emotional, and mm -hmm. it's hard. Yeah. yeah well, we will definitely pray for him. I'll go do that in between our classes right now. Well, it's been. A whirlwind of a, a class time <laughs> uh, with lecture one. I, I love it. Anyway, we will see everyone next week for, for lecture two. Thank <laughs> you. Week, everyone. Thank you. We'll see you. Good night. Thank you.